Indeed, our God is great, great in the glory of the transfiguration, great in his love and mercy to each and every one of us. The word of God before us this morning is there uh, from that uh, epi- or the uh, gospel reading, the account of Jesus' transfiguration. I want you, I want you to hear this again, that while J- Jesus was still, or I'm sorry, get the brain in gear, while Peter was still speaking, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Dear fellow redeemed, let me ask you a series of questions this morning because these questions are kind of going to help indicate where it is in life that each of us are, all right? The first question is, if I were to ask, who are you, what would you say? Many of you would probably state your name. Uh, Others of you might state, uh, well, what station in life do you have, like a Husband or wife, mother or father, grandfather, grandmother. Some of you might say your profession, a teacher, a nurse, a a doctor, a lawyer, a pastor. Well, the second question is, if you were to die tonight, would you deserve to go to heaven? Now, I can almost guarantee you that all of us are probably going to say, absolutely not. All of us recognize our sinfulness. And though we may not have all been raised uh, back in the old TLH hymnal, many of us do remember that phrase, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities and so forth. We recognize our sinfulness. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out we have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let me ask a question in response. Are you baptized? Have you received the gift of the Holy Spirit through baptism? The gift of the Holy Spirit that calls us to faith in Jesus Christ. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Has Jesus Christ washed away your sins? Have you been connected to Christ as a baptized child of God? Well, absolutely yes. Well, doesn't that have an impact then on our life? Doesn't that have a a direction about how it is that we live and and a, a difference in our outlook and even a difference in our identity of how we view ourselves? Now, I'll admit a couple of things to you this morning. First of all, those questions are not my own. I was blessed to be part of uh, an event on Friday through Lutheran School Partnership for Lutheran School Teachers in Fort Wayne, and uh, the presenter from Lutheran Hour Ministries, technically a classmate of mine from the seminary back a few years ago, uh, he was asking these questions, and it made me think, I've been pondering them ever since, that, you know, how we look at our identity has a huge impact on how we live our life in Jesus Christ. And so today I invite you not only to, well, focus in on our sin, but focus in on who we are in Christ, the baptized people of God, who, yes, still sin, but as forgiven and redeemed, we listen to Jesus. 
Listen to Jesus and don't be afraid of his presence. One Bible commentator I like to sometimes read talks about the transfiguration of Jesus. The day we're celebrating today, the, you know, Jesus uh, shining on all of his glory on the mountain between or for three disciples is sometimes better just experienced and not explained to death, he writes. To just put yourself in the place of those three disciples. And my goodness, what an experience. Jesus had just uh, begun to tell his disciples that, okay, yes, I am the Son of God, and to be the Son of God means that there's coming a death and crucifixion and a resurrection. And they're kind of scratching their heads collectively for a few days. And then Jesus takes them up on this mountain and there shines in all of his glory. And they're rightly afraid. <laughs> they don't know what the future is holding. And now they see Jesus in all of his glory. They hear God the Father speak. But did you catch what, what happens right after that? Jesus comes and says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to listen to Jesus. Don't be afraid to be in his presence. Because there's something kind of critical in the text that maybe is lost on our technological world. You know, in order for us to listen to somebody, we don't have to be close to them. We got this whole fun thing. I left mine in my desk today. The whole thing about, you know, cell phones, you know, that obtrusive thing in our pocket or purse or whatever. Um, but I remember uh, our first year that we were here and I was on this mission trip uh, to Vietnam. I remember calling back home to talk to Julie and it, it literally sounded like she was just the next building over from where I was, not literally on the opposite side of the world from where I was. Technology is amazing. But in the days of the New Testament, if you wanted to listen to someone, you had to be with them. You had to be in their presence. And Jesus invites us to come without fear into his presence. Because he isn't there to scold us. He's there to tell us about his coming death and resurrection. Listen to Jesus. He has the message that's going to change our lives. He's going to change everything about us. You know, there's, if you haven't caught on over the years, I absolutely love all sorts of Christian music. I love the traditional hymns. I love also many of the contemporary songs that we sing. And there's one song that's a little bit harder to sing by a guy named Graham Kendrick. But the words are absolutely amazing. The song is Amazing Love, and we've sung it once or twice, but I'll admit it's kind of a hard song to sometimes get into and sing. It's, there's another song by that same title that's more better well-known. But this song, catch these lyrics. 
Amazing love, oh what sacrifice, the Son of God given for me, my debt he pays, and my death he dies, that I might live, that I might live. My death, Jesus dies. Those things we would be absolutely horrified if anybody knew any of those things about us. Those things that instantly bring us, why did I ever do that? That shame, that guilt, that separation, that things that we deserve death. That death, Jesus dies. It's not just that, oh, that uh, wonderful statement, Jesus died on the cross for all of our sins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Jesus dies my death. The death that had my name written all over it. Jesus died for me. I first heard that song probably close to 20 years ago. And I I still, I can't get over those lyrics. My death, he dies. That I might live. You see, that's the message that Jesus invites us to come in and listen to. To discover more. As Pastor Alex mentioned at the beginning of worship today, this coming Wednesday is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the season of Lent. And we've got extra worship services on Wednesdays and on the weekends, all designed to focus on in, to kind of lovingly grab us by the hand and pull us in closer to Jesus, that we listen to that message of grace and love. A message that is by design, not just to be some fancy information floating around, but something that is radically changing us. Listen to Jesus, witness his glory. That's fancy preachers speak for letting the glory of God change who we are. For letting the glory of God's love and grace impact our lives. Change our outlook. Change our behavior. Change the way in which we act, the the words that we share, the way that we encourage others. It's all different. Because the glory of God in Jesus Christ, a, a death and a resurrection, is heart and center of his message for us. Listen. To Jesus. In studying God's word this week, I came across a a story that I had long ago forgotten. Um, When we lived in Minnesota, uh, before we had kids and even after we had kids, uh, many times, particularly if I was going to be gone on like uh, going to a national youth gathering or something like that, we would drive to Michigan, and then I would either take the train back home to Minnesota or fly back home to Minnesota and work or go on a trip and so forth like that. And one of these times, 
was actually just a few months before we got our daughter, Sarah. Um, we went to Michigan, and I took the train back to Minnesota. I had like a four-hour layover in Union Station. And deep down, I'm just still a kid at heart. And so it was kind of fascinating wandering around Union Station. I've been in that place maybe oh, at least a dozen times in my life. And just kind of always intrigues me. And I was going around, had four hours to kill. And all of a sudden, I heard over the loudspeaker, Amtrak paging Bill Miller. Amtrak paging Bill Miller. And on the funny side, you know, if you remember, there was once a third baseman by the same name from the Boston Red Sox. I thought, well, he's not here. <laughs> Well, they must be thinking of me. And I, I'm wondering, well, how on earth? There was very few people knew that I was there. It was only Julie and people from back home in Minnesota, our, our congregation. So I'm wondering, like, well, what happened? What tragedy has come about? It takes me about 10 minutes to find the right information booth. And I go and I, I even pull out my driver's license and say, I'm Bill Miller. And they say, oh, no, we're paging Amtrak employee Bill Miller. The message wasn't at all for me. But today, and every day moving forward, the message indeed is for you, for me, for each and every one of us. In the hecticness and the busyness and the, 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 this life where there's many competing voices, the voice of our Heavenly Father invites us, pulls us in, this is my beloved son. Listen to him. God bless us as we listen to our Savior Jesus. In his name, amen. Now the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.